Grace and peace. Welcome to our episode for the day. I'm Dennis Coffin, and this is the last word. Wow, I ended yesterday by just talking about what's on your mind. And I've been talking about spiritual warfare this week, where it works in the area of our faith, our family, our finance. Now, there's been so much spectacular sideshow talk about spiritual warfare that I think that we need to talk about what spiritual warfare is and what it isn't. It is an unseen war that deals. We already dealt with Second Corinthians chapter 10. We've been pointing out, Paul says, the warfare that we're facing right now is not a warfare that is physical. Even though it may manifest some physicalities and things that are in our physical realm, it might manifest. For instance, when demonic possession was there during the time of Jesus, we see it being manifested in some malformity, some disease, some insanity, uh, some physical malformance were the uh, results of the spiritual warfare, not the essence of the spiritual warfare. And sometimes we sometimes deal with branches in terms of where people are instead of looking at reality. It's like our penal system. We, we, um, we incarcerate behavior. However, what really is going on is what they're thinking. What a man think is determined who he is. And I think that's what we deal with in this whole concept of spiritual war. Remember, here's how Paul defined this and began to look at it. He says in Ephesians 6, 14 to 17, he's in prison, he's locked up. He looked at a metaphor of a Roman soldier to give us a kind of understanding of what spiritual warfare is about. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish, extinguish all the flaming dots of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 14 to 17. Now he says, he's not talking about fighting the physical combat. He's not talking about fighting people in your job, fighting issues in the street or fighting crime that's in your neighborhood. He's talking about fighting the issues that's in your mind those things that are capturing your mind, your heart, and begin to take you off focus to the power and the strength of the Lord Jesus. That's what he's talking about, laying hold of. If we lay hold of those things, we find ourselves one. These things are the things that are constantly affecting not only just our faith, but our family. God wants to put you in a family relationship so you can understand the family idea and concepts of God that if we can get you fortified in the family of God, we can find ourselves in a better position to deal with the things of God. I've been pointing out over and over again, this changing focus from the persecuted church to the persecuting church, to find out the compromising church, and now the weak church or the milky church. We definitely need prayer. There's attack globally on finances, just like it's attacked globally on family, and more importantly, attack globally on our faith to pollute it, to carry it on. Since it can't be squashed out, it can be overpopulated. 
So what the devil really wants to do, if he can't get you to deny truth, he will oversaturate you with facts that waters down the truth so that we have not the truth, but a truth. And so a truth leads to more truth. More truth uh, leads to more facts. More facts leads to, and so there's always an alternate viewpoint. And that alternate viewpoint carries us away. And so we miss the very point of this lesson that I think is so very important. Prosperity then, in terms of our finances, has nothing to do with things, money, or material possessions. It has to do with God's ability to trust you. Let me say that again. Pride has nothing to do, prosperity really, has nothing to do with things, money, or material possessions. Those things can happen. It has to do with God's ability to trust you. Whether you have or have not, this is not about the have or have nights. That's why I say we talk about faith, family, and finances. We talk about what we can do, how we can possess, how do we do those things? Because the things that get in the way of that, and we looked at it in 1 John 2, pride, greed, and jealousy. If your ability to get possessions is going to lead you to be prideful about them, it's going to lead you to be greedy for more. Uh, or it's going to lead you to be jealous of someone else's because they have something you don't have and you covenant that. And you really don't need to have. Sometimes our lack of things is a way of making you more holy than our accumulation of things which can, can make you more materialistic or less holy. It depends on your character. What benefits you or what handicaps you. Those three things you have to look at, whatever you have. Am I being prideful or am I being thankful? Am I being greedy or if I'm being blessed? Am I jealous and I want to compete with somebody else? Or really understand? Every true worshiper becomes a giver. I was in a service not long ago and the pastor there made an appeal people to come with an offering of a hundred dollars. What was interesting about exchange was that there was a woman that came up and she murmured as she came up, only the preacher could hear her. He shared it later. She said, if I have it, I would give it, but I only have 50. So she put a 50 into the offering plate. He was so touched by her sincerity and her integrity and her honesty, he asked for his wallet. And when he got his wallet, he took a $100 bill out and gave it to her. Well, guess what she did? She put it back into the offering because she said earlier, if I had it, I would give it. Mind you, she had already given 50. That's what she had. He gave her 100. She had it, so she gave it. Well, he was so moved by that, he gave her another 100 and told her, this is for you. See how God works? When we are generous, God will reward our generosity with more than enough. Sometimes we think we worry about, I just have this, I just have that. Sometimes you got a voice where you are, what you're speaking, and God will reward you. While you're trying to get blessed, God is touching somebody else to bless you because you're trying to get blessed. You're, you're feeling that the blessing is there. 
And so it comes on you in various ways and we have to worry about what our financial uncertainty is, where things are with that, because God wants to do better with us than what we can even imagine. Look, look at Philippians. I love that. Do not be anxious about anything. That's what he says. So faith, family, finance, don't be anxious about anything. Philippians 4, 69. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. In other words, when it seems like you don't even deserve it or can't understand or comprehend it, the, the peace of God transcends. It will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a benefit of spiritual warfare, of God guiding your heart and your mind in the reality of knowing who we are. So we don't really have financial uncertainty that the world may have. And I know everybody's because we keep thinking externally, keep watching with our eyes, statistics, round tables, numbers, start listening with your ears. Who have believed our report? Isaiah said. But instead, we worry all the time about what we think God is doing. Tomorrow, we're going to talk in this thing. How do you label thinking your thinking? is the way you're going to see it manifestly in your life. Make a decision to start right now and begin thinking on whatever is true. That's your manifested word for the day. And this has been the last word.